Look at the title, Sculpted, Sculptor. What does sculptor go through? Look at the finest piece of sculpture in the history of mankind. Some of those have taken 30 years, 20 years. Some of them have cost that sculpture his marriage, his relationships, everything. His hands are bloodied and battered, and, but he's got, he's got a vision of what that piece of rock's going to look like. I'm chiseling and it's going to come. It's fucking brutal. And we just unfortunately live in a world of quick fixes. And I don't judge anybody. It's not. I just feel sorry for the generation now. Because I've got four kids under the age of 11. And my biggest challenge. And my wife's biggest challenge. Is making them realise how fucking hard everything is. Every single day. And I've already had it now. Tears and pushback. And you know, I don't give a shit. Keep crying. Like I love you. But one day you're going to go out that front door. And it's, it's on you now. Are you ready? No, it's tough. And he's here. He is here. Cristiano has entered the building. Welcome, wherever you are, to the Old Trafford Theatre. Yes, guys, welcome back to today's episode of Sculpted. Today, uh, we have an amazing guest. We have Drew here. He is known as the Fear Coach on social media. He's got... An amazing social media page if you haven't seen it already uh, he's got an amazing app he works with great footballers from all around the world and uh it's an absolute honor for us to have him on today uh so yeah guys get your notepads out take notes listen and just uh just learn because seriously drew has a lot of experience as a professional footballer himself uh i've heard your story drew you know your your difficulties in life with football, everything like this, it's made you the man who you are today. And as we always kind of say in sculpted, it's you're you're looking at the sculpture himself, right? You, he's gone through so much. He's chiseled he's chiseled away. And at the end of it, and I'm I'm sure Drew, you're still progressing as a human being every day. But you can see in front of us, you know, an an amazing man. So Drew, uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm just uh, I'm just listening to what you say because it's amazing when you... My job is to obviously coach, so I'm always listening. And and that word sculpt, sculpted and sculpture, and that took me back to the work of the great artist, artists and the famous uh, sculptor David, obviously, in, in Rome. And do you know, do you know the, the story behind that story where, you, you know, I think it was... Was it famous artist, Leonardo da Vinci or... When he was correct, and it and you know, tried for days and years and nothing comes and and the whole the whole idea of sculpted for me is to reveal and not to create. So what once we know, once we know the process to reveal, then that that's a game changer. And and I think so. <laughs> just taking me off on a tangent there because I just thought, wow, what a, what a powerful word if we if we understand what it means. And it actually ties into all my work today because you think all these young kids out there, blessed, we want to be a player or want to be a footballer or whatever they want to do. Very few have any idea of what that's going to look like emotionally. All I see when I go online is technical and physical reps by kids and TikTok and Instagram. And I just want to yell for them through a megaphone. Like, you've got no chance with it. I mean, that. that Anyone can do that. Like anyone can do that. Anyone can go, right, I'm going to get a load of cones and ladders and I'm going to cut my diet and I'm going to do these technical drills and I'm going to do all this stuff. But there's millions doing that. And I get to work with lads at Champions League level. Sorry, Champions League level. And we, we laugh because they're like, you look down the tunnel, we're, we've, all, we've all trained the same. We've all done the same. We've trained the same. We've eaten the same. It's nonsense, really. I mean, it's, <laughs> once you get, I mean, the difference, the only difference is courage. Courage to remain. Courage to be yourself. Truly to be yourself over the white line like that. That's the number one thing. And um, it sounds so flippant and it sounds so easy, but simplicity is genius. Like... You know, I'm not saying there's not a place for the technical and the tactical and the physical. Of, of course there is. But, you know, I've got a son who's four and 
if he if he if he seems to want to play football, soccer. I mean, I play golf and tennis, so he'll do all that. But if he decides the football, then sure, we'll do a bunch of drills. But I'll only have one one thing I'll be looking to create there, which is an absolute solid sense of self, meditation, ice work, prayer. He's going to know himself. Um, or as reminds me of a good friend of mine who's head of recruitment at a big European club. And he sat with Alf Inger, he sat with Alf Inger Harland, the young, young Erling Harland when he was 14. And he says, um, said to me, he said, what, what, what was Harland like? Knowing what was coming back, he said, ignored me for about half an hour. He was on his phone, looking up now and again, still haven't said anything that's worth his while. Still haven't said anything that's worth his while. And he's trying to sell it a little bit that, trying to buy him at that age or certainly be one of the front runners of the big European clubs at 14 to not interest in anything I had to say. No respect. But you wouldn't say he was rude. He just didn't listen to anything I had to say. Real strong sense of who he was. Come on then, mate, sitting opposite me in your 30s, head of recruitment at so-and-so, send it to me because I'm not buying into anything. You see, you have to work damn hard to make me feel that the game's any more simple than my dad's made me believe it is. Right? So... It, I, I've gone off, but it, it, it's such a, it's a subject that it's, it's beyond the passion of mine. I lived it. I live it. I, this weekend, there was over a dozen guys I work with playing in the championship, the Premier League, the Belgian first Premier League, the MLS. Like, it's, <laughs> it's all the same remit. Shut your ears, shut your eyes, centre yourself, ignore most instructions you hear, be yourself, have courage, give it away. Listen to all the voices, say quick, go under, this is bullshit. No one wants the point. No one even wants to be here. I don't want to be here. Listen to all the internal chatter and stay in the game. Be you. Have courage. You know, and so it's, um, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> much of what I do. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really cool. The way you said it right there, you've just kept it so simple. You know, it's. A lot of things are overcomplicated sometimes and you can let external things distract you. And what you've just said there is how everyone can do anything, right? And everyone everyone is doing pretty much very similar stuff and, and anyone can, you know, run 10 kilometers. Some do it faster than others, but eventually over time, you could probably do the exact same thing. And I think that what we promote at Sculpted is also, you know, Doing, doing the basics, but doing it consistently. And I think that today we're, we're going to get such a great insight on a, a different perspective that maybe some of our listeners don't necessarily understand or they're trying to do too much well, sometimes. Well, well, I, think, I, th I think it's a great point, Nicholas. I think, uh, and, and I will really try and make it understandable because it is super simple. But there is a reason that, that suicide is the bigger killer of the biggest killer of men under 40. There is a reason. That's not a coincidence. And for me, the link between that statistic and what it takes to make it as an athlete, same thing. Same thing. I think there's so many young guys now who, who are growing up in this world struggling to grasp the real masculine instincts, the, the the real what it takes. Because I think the world's gone so far the other way now that it's a very over-feminine view on what it takes to go and be a, a player. And and with three daughters and a son and, and being a real alpha male myself and as a number nine my whole life, like I get it. I get the I get the masculine side, ran that hard. I'm also super sensitive and get the feminine side because that's what makes me a great coach. I'm highly emotionally intelligent, super self-aware, vulnerable, all that stuff. Cry at Lion King with my daughters and I, I can go all of that. But I think for these young guys, there's such a complicated message out. And as a father, it hits me hard. And then I look at the 19-year-old, 18-year-old players at the he heads of academy right on the brink of the so far away from the first like really close speaking to a guy the other day I was working with who played five six games for Leeds 19 goes out on loan to get his career going to, to a big club 
fuck, man. I mean, he's drowning in October. He's nowhere near it. I mean, seriously depressed already in his apartment. Cannot find the player he was seven months. Yeah, seriously, sitting there and all that stuff. And it just allowed overthinking and overcomplication to steal everything. So you go back to, well, who, who, how did you get in? How did you get Leeds United's team? The hell did you do to get? You don't just walk in there. Like in the Premier League, like, how the hell did you get in there? Well, I just, just played. I played all the way up. I, I, I did me. I was aggressive. And, you know, I, I was all in on everything I did. And, and you're right. I never saw it as fear, but I just played. And then there was an injury and I got an opportunity. And now it's like, don't mess up. Don't, what, don't do this and play safe. And there's a lot of stake. And the internal dialogue from, you know, it just ramps up to a whole nother level. And I think hanging on to that basic, basic element of who we are is the hardest thing to do in the world, Nick. It's the, it's the hardest thing to do. You know, and, and almost, you know, every night I, I sit with my kids in bed or my son now, who's four, and we do prayer. And, and I'm, not, I'm not affiliated to any particular religion, but I, I pray to the universe and, I have a huge sense of um, I have a huge sense of humility with that, as do all the best players in the world. So all these kids copy, copying Kobe or Lionel Messi or Ronaldo, make make damn sure you copy them emotionally, because if you look at them, that the first thing they're doing in the morning is they're on their knees, praying, and after a goal they do this. Before a game they ask for help, so, and then unless you go into understanding what that is, got no chance. Because <laughs> all you'll do is copy them physically, mirror them technically. You're not looking at the number one component, emotionally and spiritual strength. And so, with my son every night, what I'm trying to put into him is that always be yourself. <clears throat> What's going to happen for you as this life goes on is you will be challenged everywhere to conform, tone the line, to play safe. Don't ever do that. So that's the, that's the prayer I'm doing every night. How, does that have an effect by the time he's 12? I hope so. But you don't know. Yeah. I think uh, to, to our point before where you were saying that everyone can do the training. You know, everyone can do these things. But the things that are neglected, which like to what you were saying there. And I, I watched your video uh, on the World Cup where everyone's pointing up to the sky, right? And you're saying that now this has such... This is the difference. This These are the differences that can make or break players and... <laughs> To your point, this this is what people don't do. This is the work that people lack. And as you've, I, I believe that what you say in your message, people sometimes don't want to hear this. People would think that it's controversial, but it's just the way it is. Generally, it's the way it is. And I'm very, I'm very aware. You know, having played for 17 years as a pro, at 17 I scored on my debut at Wolves for Norwich City. I went with the England under 20s to the World Cup. Michael Owen in that squad of 26. I was in at a three-year deal with Adidas. And within 18 months of that, you're there, you're there, man. Like, the next jump for me was a big money move to the Premier League. Like, just get your head down now in the first team for 18 months. Don't do any more than you've done for the last 10 years because all I've done is average 30 goals a year from the age of 10 to 20. That's all I did. Just goals, goals, goals. Like, well, okay, keep doing that. Well, I didn't. I averaged eight goals a season for the rest of my professional career. Tried everything. Striker coaches, nutritionists, body fat down at 7%. I was running 5Ks in under 17 minutes. Like, what, what the... It's Switzerland every off-season. I used to go for three weeks. Gym time. Training three sessions a day. Getting my heart, resting heart rate down to 30 beats a minute. Lived clean. Lived the clean life. Like, my best buddy my whole playing career was at Arsenal. He was part of the Invincible squad. And they were ahead of the time at that time Arsene Wenger was there. So I knew everything the best in the world would do. We were speaking every day after. So I knew exactly what the best in the world would do. And they're not doing an awful lot. There was only one difference. They didn't cross the line. <coughs> and start to be... Sorry, I'm just recovering from a, a cough the kids are giving me. They didn't cross the white line and question, allow fear to steal who they were. They carried on the same risk they took in the park in front of 50,000 people. That's a game changer. 
Yeah, I think what what the episode about is about. So what the episode today is about is fear, right? And it is the taking the step, right? Of your example previously of the Leeds United player, you can do the exact same job in front of 100 people, one person, 10,000 people, 90,000 people, but you demanded the exact same thing, but how you actually act on that, how you perform, is only externally, like it's just the things that are around you that are changing it, right? If you were to go pass a ball, in front of one person and in front of 90,000 people, that pass stays the same. It's the exact same pass. But in front of one person, you might do a top job. In front of the 90,000 people, you might not even get contact with the ball. Like it is fear. Well, well and, and, and here's the thing. that The amount of players I've sat with who sometimes it's taken 40 minutes in a, one, in a one-on-one, whether it's live or on Zoom. <laughs> Excuse me. And these are not young players. These are established players even even the younger ones that they've played 100 games um they don't know they don't know what they're feeling as fear if you ask them to label it they they wouldn't label it as fear in fact you suggest that in and it's everything they do is to get around that word unsighted yeah pressure they use all these words Whereas the emotion is fear. And you start to write it down. I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of being humiliated. I'm afraid of the end of my dreams. I'm afraid of money. I'm afraid of where will I go in in this world after if this dream crashes. I'm afraid of not scoring. I'm afraid of a clean sheet. I'm afraid of someone replacing me. I'm afraid of... Sorry, it's really windy here. I've got my uh, TRX on the office window and it's smacking against the window. But I'm still doing my upper body's strength. But um so I think Yeah, like they people don't know it is fear. To start to sit in that. And this is this is this is not a quick fix, like I, I get this, but just bringing up this whole subject in this whole conversation and making it understood that yes, you've got to do the physical, yes, you've got to do the technical, but everyone's doing. Everyone's doing that. I mean, honestly, if you went on TikTok now and I said you've got a week to find how many football influencers you can find, football young coaches doing technical, physical and tactical, you're millions. Millions. But I I guarantee you this, if they jumped on a call with me and a player that I look after at Mag United and we had a real round table chat, they'd go off with their heads absolutely scrambled. Going, well, I don't understand. Like these guys said, that's all bullshit. Is really, I think, because everyone's doing. You've got courage. Can you cross out there and go, give me the ball, I'll have it there. Give it away again, get it again, give it away again. Hear the shouts from people, hear teammates going, he's arrogant. Hear the staff going, you can't talk to him. You're going to have to go there. That's where Ronaldo goes, where Messi lives. You know, that's where Zlatan lives. Like the, the, the big dogs, like, you know, it's um, it's super lonely. It will test you to the point of insanity. Mental health issues are coming. If you if you are pursuing your dreams, whatever your dreams are, I've got a daughter who wants to be a dancer. Fine. Okay. Are you ready to have blisters all over your feet that they're pouring with blood? Are you ready to get judged, laughed at, mocked, shaped? Are you ready for all of that? Then I'm here to love you and help you. But if you want this, it's nice. Let's look at Instagram for five minutes and... No. Right? So it's it's... It's a journey of love, but it, it, it it's it's a tough, 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 tough journey. And I just, yeah, in my experience, spent a lot of money on psychologists when I was a player. A lot of the players who come to me have full-time psychologists on the staff if they want to use them. They don't use them. Or well, we go one session and... Because they go, unless that person's been there, unless I can feel in my soul that he gets it, like he gets it. What's that guy giving me? What are you getting from that? More information. More thinking. Okay. (laughs) You know, so I think there's a lot of jargon out there. There's a lot of noise. Visualization techniques. This technique, that technique. Cool. Go and do it for a couple of years. Let me know how you get on. 
What I find the most fascinating thing you've said here, Nicholas, is that people don't want to hear this stuff. <laughs> and I'm very conscious. Sometimes I pinch myself to think of the success that I'm having. I go next month to work with another men's national team. I, I coach head coaches. I work with three head coaches privately, a number of players. But my stuff really flies in the face of everything that's out there. It challenges everything that's out there. And, and that, what's ironic is when I'm asking from the players, I'm asking from the same thing with myself. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Some days you wake up, think, fuck off, Drew. No one wants to hear this shit. No one, cool, keep, keep doing it. <clears throat> you know, so it's, um, I'm conscious that you, your audience or younger players, I've got to give you some, some, some practical tips for this stuff. And I think, I think it's just start to be aware of the word fear. I mean, watch Mike Tyson stuff, please. If you, if you, your generation doesn't understand Mike Tyson. Yeah. You need to understand Mike Tyson, Tyson Fury. Kobe. Kobe's message was off the scale. His stuff was Novak Djokovic. I saw a podcast him last week saying that just before he goes out on court, now at 35 with half a, half a billion dollars in the bank and 22, 23 grand slams, he sits there in the locker room now before round one, never mind the semifinals, and has a feeling of nearly being paralysed of fear, don't even want to go out there. So it was the same feeling I had when I was nine years of age with the racket, having today at 35. And I don't ever want that feeling to go. I know it's fear, fear of failure. I have to I have to sit with that feeling. And now I don't look to over control it. Don't phone roll for half an hour. Don't get my bands out and fire my glutes for 45 minutes. Just sit in it and then go, okay, there's times out there where the forehand won't be good enough. The backhand won't be good enough. The serve won't be good enough. Stay in the game. Keep doing it. Stay present. Stay present. Stay present. So the message is out there with the best in the world. To your point before when you were saying you were just naming the best players in the world. You said Messi, Ronaldo, Novak Djokovic. These people, you can notice one thing about them and they're at the top, obviously, right? But you always see these controversies about it. I know I saw what you said about Messi and the healthy disrespect in the World Cup. We've got Ronaldo, who's an arrogant person. We've got Novak Djokovic, who has controversies, and Tiger Woods with these scandals and everything like this. They're at the top for a reason. They're succeeding because they're different. They're doing something that no one else is doing. They're only doing one thing. Well, no, they're doing. Yeah, they're, yeah, the difference is they do one thing. They're authentic. They have the courage to be authentic. So Novak Djokovic's instincts doesn't feel like taking a, a, a vaccine. So he doesn't take one. At all. He just, yeah, I'm not feeling that. Think I'm being lied to. Won't take it. Fine. I don't judge that. I'm not, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I just observe that and go, well, that's interesting. So when other players then have that doubt on the court, well, he doesn't have that doubt because he just stays true in that. Ronaldo, Ronaldo, yeah, Ronaldo, yeah, Ronaldo. If you're gonna, t if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you are going to um, try and humiliate me, I just walk it down the tunnel. Done, no problem. I'll just drive off while the game's still going on. And by the way, most footballers are really jealous of him doing that because they'd love to do that. Oh, it's easy when you're at. That's why he's Ronaldo. Because at 18, there's a clip of him at 19 against Wigan, last minute. United are 1-0 down, ball gets manipulated on the edge, falls to him, bang, he hits it about 80 yards over the bar. Camera goes to, he's 19-20 at the time at United in his first spell. Camera goes to the bench. Ferguson's going apeshit on the bench, spits his chewing gum out, nailing him, shouting, screaming, swearing at him. Camera goes back to a 20-year-old Ronaldo, he just looks like that, puts his shoulders down and goes, what? Shut up. 700 goals later, 17 years later, Ferguson's there, a bit older, older man now, wait, like waiting on the steps of the Champions League final just to tough the man. If at that point, if at that point he gets his head down and goes, oh, poor, bad me, what a naughty boy for shooting, you never get, you never get 
ever get anywhere near where. So, it's this a problem with kids in academies? You get told something, you start going under, and you hear it all. Oh, you're too aggressive. You do this. You don't do that. You've got to do this. You've got to improve that. You know, I, I coached over 200 coaches, 180 coaches have come. I'm just running my coach education at the moment over eight weeks and I've got head coaches and young coaches, academy coaches on there. And, you know, they're starting to realize now we're three weeks in that I'm killing players. Yes, you are. <laughs> you're killing players. You know, because you're not, you're not, you're not really get guided them on what they need to stay whole, to stay courageous. Do you, do you think that, that that's a natural thing that comes to people instinctively, that that ability to express yourself and it kind of gets trained out of you almost. It's it's something that I think Well I I, I think it has to get trained. Like, I think I think if you're a strong character, if you if you're showing that you you've got a strong sense of self, sense of who you are, then you, you're going to have to have a very emotionally, spiritually enlightened coach to go, no problem. I've had coaches ring me and say, Drew, I know all your stuff, but what do I do with this? Say, Tell me. Well, on the training ground today, one of the guys who's out of the team at the moment, a young guy went past him on the outside, he grips him in a headlock, throws him to the floor. I mean, enough's enough. So I'm just listening. Cool. What do you do? Well, I'm going to get him in. I'm going to nail him. I'm going to suspend him. And I said, you never grabbed anyone in a headlock? Coach, what? I said, have you ever wanted to get anyone in a headlock? Anybody? In the street, on the pitch, anything, anywhere? Well, I, well actually, yeah, when, I, when I was a kid, I got sent off for punching someone. Okay. Where's that guy gone? So I'm like, how can you not understand that? He's out of the team. He's angry. He's pissed off. Full of pressure. He's looking at this training session like a cup final to get back in the team. No problem. No problem. You just But you take him away off site and you put an arm around him. You say, I get it all. I'm not judging you. There's no problem here. Like, can I help? Because you're trying to deal with this pressure and you're trying to convince me, get me back in a team and relax. I've got to pick the team. I've gone with the other guy. The guys are winning. I know you fucking hate me right now. That's okay as well. So these coaches like, so the instinct is to quit. We got it. We got it. We got to nip that in the bud. We got to stop that. We we can't have that behaviour. But it's the same guy who's doing the doing a dribble every time. Stop taking those risks. You know, hitting the passes. Stop taking the. Speaking to a fullback recently at Arsenal with it under twenty threes, and he was saying to me, uh, "He's working on decision making." I said, "Who's told you you've got to do that?" He's the club. He said, "I feel that that's gone out of my game. When I get to the halfway line." It's like we've got now. I'm like we're working on these like three or four options I've got. I said, "What did you do when you were 14?" So I used to get to the halfway and just keep fucking going. I'd end up on the edge of the box, bouncing one twos and shooting. Right? Did you do loads of drills then? No. What are you doing in these drills then? Well, how to? Can't you pass the ball? Yeah, I can pass it. Can you run? Yeah, I can run. Like, it's 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 mind blowing, right? Mind blowing. And I said, "That's just fear." Because you're now, you're 20, it's on the line, you, you need to play well, contract, two guys on the bench, you've got to keep them out of the team. That's just, that's just fear. The guy who gets to the halfway line, with chewing gum in his mouth, and I don't give a fuck, I'm, now you're Neymar, now you're Ronaldinho, now you're Jude Bellingham at the moment, Greenwich, Foden. Mi million Foden's out there, million Foden's. I made that state. Has to be. There's billions of humans on this planet. You're telling me there's not other kids in the world who can carry the ball like who Foden can? Of course there is. But I bet they I bet they stop doing it as they get to 16, 17, 18, 19. <laughs> yeah. I think that from what, what we've said now, it's 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 obvious that there is everyone has the ability, you know, it's everyone, as we've been saying the whole time, everyone can train a certain amount. But the things that differentiate the people from the best and the average or not even not even creating a career from professional football. I mean, a, a good anecdote, as you said for yourself, is how you you were on the you were you your next step was to break into the Premier League. You're with the Antonis England national team, right? And it, it's the next step. But 
for so many people, they just kind of stop. And it's it's not necessarily the ability to take the next step. It's 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 from within, and they just fear just the the consequence. The fear stops them. It it. I don't know if you've heard of the term playing with the shackles, but literally players are playing with the shackles week in week out. And I think that's something that is quite evident is through the age of let's say. 15 to about 19 a lot of players are able to actually make their debut maybe get six seven games at a top a top premier league team but then five years later they're back playing you know the two leagues below or something like that they're trying to they're almost going down completely where i mean even in the current team that i play in i can see that there's players who were hot players when they were younger and there were better teams three four years ago playing more minutes than they are now and this is something that blows my mind because I, I could only assume that probably better players than they were before, but something's stopping them and that it's actually affecting them so much that they've gone down levels. And I think to my next point, it would be, Drew, how do we actually attack this? Because this is something so prevalent <laughs> in sports everywhere. Like, it is... Well, look, man, I mean... I mean, how, how do you attack it? Well, that was a decision I made three years ago when I started writing, writing education. So the only, re the only way you attack it is to affect the coaches long-term, to affect the messaging. Well, but you're talking about a 20, 30-year thing. Before, before you might even get a 5% shift. I mean, all the current mental health nonsense has talked. Is, a lot of it is nonsense. All I'm hearing is about plan Bs and backup plans and how do we deal with the kids who get released at 18. Like, I understand. I, I get that is something, right? <laughs> the, clubs, the clubs could be better in that area. My point is, I think 75, maybe higher, 75% of those players who were at that point getting released, because they get released because of fear. They're not getting released because they're not good enough. And no one in the club has gone, yeah, it's it's fear that's got you and that's our fault. Sorry, sorry we haven't given you to that for the last six years and going to now shake your hand and let you go. Right, so it only changes by education. Um... Is anybody tackling the education the way I am? No. I've just co-written a degree-level leadership course for the Farrar Union in, in England, the Professional Football Association. So that launches later this year. Um, it's with the head sports psychologist, Tim Harkness at Chelsea. So we've written that for all members of the PFA players who are coming to the end of the career, current coaches. But how we actually affect the players? Well, I'm trying the best I can with the app, and I've just written a course which should go online in the next four weeks. It's a eight, eight module, 16 hours of learning, videos, questions, examples of all of these subjects. Fear, healthy disrespect, um, walking the line, <coughs> um, all of these subjects. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to put that online so so guys can do it in their own time. Um, it's the only way. It's the only way. Because... You can speak to you could you could go on and you could you could record with thirty sports psychologists. And in my experience, having worked with a lot of them and given them a lot of money, I'd come away from all of those sessions going, "That was really good. That was awesome." And someone would go to me, "What was that session like? Was that really good? Cool." A week later, I'm fucked again. Okay, got another session, learn some more stuff. Okay, how do you action it? What's really going on? Right? It's like, what's really going on? Do these psychologists actually understand what the coaches are saying? Do these psychologists understand that you're sitting there before a game and you've been told as a centre-half, don't take risks? Yet what you are is a risk-taking centre-half. You're a winger who's told, we, don't want you, we, wanted you, we want you to play inside and go off the lines. Okay? Does that mean that when you see an opportunity to go on the outside, you're not going to go? Probably does. Or going inside. Rather than going, no problem, coach. Got it. No problem. Fuck off. I'm going to go exactly where I want to go. It's only where I want to go. I'm going to work my socks off. Going to leave it all out there. You have to. That's another thing. Youngsters, work ethic, don't often understand what that is. Um, but that's another thing. But you're going to go, I'm going to go my way. But I'm going all in my way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think um, something that I've talked about previously, it's, I'm pretty black and white when it comes to things. And I kind of, I, 
I've actually spoken to sports. Like, I think I've had maybe three, four sports psychologists. I've had probably two with like two meetings with them each time. And I've kind of been it because I, I was actually doing this to the Australian PFA. And I actually just found, I, um, I, I scheduled one meeting and then there's one meeting by the time I actually had the meeting, I'd already figured out the, the, the issue. I realized that I wasn't enjoying my football. I was just being too focused for games and I ended up making too many mistakes. I put way too much pressure to perform. I, I realized that the way I need to play is by having fun. And that's what works for me. And I found that out. And then I was with the sports psychologist speaking about it. And I just realized that I just figured it out myself. Now we're just having a good chat. And this, this is a common theme for me with most sports psychologists that I've worked one-on-one -on -one with. And yeah, I think that but if, but if you're having fun, like, even you say all I need to do is have fun, is it that easy? Fucking hell. If I said to you, right, just just have fun now for the next 10 years, you'll be, you'll be good, you'll be international with that. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you, how'd you stay? How do you stay in that mental state? I, I mean, if you try and progress in front of 90,000 people, it gets harder and harder well, to have... Forget, forget, forget even 90,000 people, because that's the... That's the summit of the gate. How many stadiums have not? There's only Burnabout, Wembley, have 90 dads, not even Old Trafford has that. But let's just take, let's just take, you're in the under 23s trying to get a contract, trying to get in the first team. You've got five internationals ahead of you. He's just going to, how, how do you just have fun? Not easy to do, and th That might not even be the right way for me to do it in the future either, because. Well, might work now, might not no, work no, later. I, I, I think I think the only way is to the only way is to <coughs> find a place of love and enjoyment the way we had as kids. That is the only place. Of course, it is. The best all show is that. It's why in the tunnel before big games you'll see the best players very relaxed, talking to the teammates, leaning across, little cuddle with one of the guys who might be an international, and that it's all super relaxed. The top players. As you start to go down, you see how tense the other guys are. Going to war, you're not. You're just playing a football game with your buddies. So what? what's convinced you you're going to war? That's all your internal chat. Maybe it's some coaches and it's all, this is so important. What I'm saying is, yeah, of course it's important. It has to be important. It has to be life and death because it's, it's your dreams on the line here. You're only going to get one shot. Like, it's important, really important. How do you take that seriousness, take the fear that comes with it, and now step into, step into slowly, letting go, surrendering to the pressure, and finding a place of gratitude so fun may just about come in. Because just to say, just to say, just have fun and, yeah. Yeah, well, 600 professional games didn't fucking work for me. I mean, speak to a lot of guys today who love to just have fun. I think you can only get to a place of enjoyment once you go into the fear. It's Jordan Peterson, it's Jordan Peterson who says, what you most want to find will be where you least want to look. Which why is why I guess my stuff, people don't, you said they don't want to go there. So you don't want to go into the place that is the answer for what you want to find. I'm saying, especially today, honestly, it's crazy to see that people don't want to hear these truths. I mean, the of reason course. why Jordan Peterson is getting all this negativity around him, I think it's crazy. I think Jordan Peterson is just saying things how it is when it comes to the mental side. And it's exactly, it's exactly true. Like this is... But, 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 here's, but here's a line that someone gave me years ago at the end of my playing career. I was 33 and I was washed up in a rehab clinic and uh, but I was still fighting like I know the way I know the way back I just need to get fit again I just need to what it is 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 a goal scorer of another season score. and this very wise person said to me Drew I don't give a shit if you follow some simple universal laws that have been there for thousands of years like, I don't care my life doesn't change yours does and, th and that that hit me at that point because Guarantee you this, people go on their way without investigating this deep emotional side of human performance. No chance. You'll get the odd one comes through.
because some guys are not that intelligent, right? Not that sensitive, not 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 that they're not overthinkers. So you get them; they'll just go through. But I've met a lot of those guys, and some of them very rich at the end of their career. You wouldn't want to be that guy. The people in his life who love him, but they've gone. Money, still got some, but hurt a lot of people because that's ego. You have to strut through life going, fuck everyone. It's about me. I'm just going to get there however I get there. You get those guys. You get them. You wouldn't want to be that guy. At the end, mid-30s, you would not want to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, back to one of the previous points, even it's, it's saying that you have to go every decision 100% because something that I believe in is you have to make the mistakes to know that something's wrong to realize that something else is right. And I think that to a point with fear, right? If you're getting the coach's external, you know, pass to the left center back and then receive on the inside, something something like this, and then you're thinking in your head, no, nah, I'm just going to do it this way. Some people might go 50-50. They might hesitate. They might play the left center back and... All of a sudden, they're completely stuffed up and it's a goal. But if they go 100% and let's say it's the wrong decision and it, and it is a goal, well, at least now they know that that's not the right thing to do. And I think that's in all aspects of life that we take that accountability for doing something at 100% conviction. But, uh, but, but, but I think what, what doesn't happen, because you, you're spot on, has that person been emotionally prepared for what that looks like? Definitely depends on the person. What what are you emotionally prepared for that? Because if you if you're gonna go your way, get ready for that. It is gonna it's gonna be hell on earth for you. Yeah, and you can easily get stomped on by other people. And I think that's where your the healthy disrespect comes from. Because you have to be able to take everything that comes with making the wrong decision and not being stepped on by everyone. Because everyone will see if you're a supposed weak person, you get stepped on by everyone. And that's, that's just a pre-narrative that people are going to have. They're going to be able to step on you more and more. And I love your point of the healthy disrespect, right? That's something that I really need to work on because if you don't have it, you're going to allow people to step on you, step on you, step well, on you. And, and, and we have to be clear about what, what healthy disrespect is, right? So if we go, if we go like complete disrespect at one end of the scale is I'm not going to listen to any traffic laws. I'm going to drive a 300, but I'm going to do what the, like literally extreme right no respect for any no respect for human life you're almost in psychopath there right which is not the other end of the scale is yeah the other end of the scale is just like completely passive like a leaf blowing through the air and yeah you can say what you want to me do what you want i mean that that's not it either we're talking about this middle line <coughs> which is high performance which is why one of my modules in my athlete mental athlete preparation course is called walking the line because you have to walk the line. And healthy disrespect. It's like I was sitting at a, in London for a meeting last week. We had a corner area. Two of us in a meeting. There's a couple of chairs spare. A lady comes over. She goes, oh, do you mind if I sit on that chair there? Because you've got a plug for the uh, laptops there. I said, no, I, I'd rather you didn't sit on that chair. I said, I'm in a meeting. Is that okay? I looked her in the eyes. Went, oh, okay, we carry on the meeting about 20 minutes later. Another woman comes. She goes, can I can I sit there and start pulling the chair out? So I plug the laptop in. I said, look, I've got no problem you sitting there. They're not my chairs. I swear an awful lot. We're in the middle of a conversation where there's a lot of swearing going on. If you're offended by that, or if you're about to do a Zoom that's really important in your life, you probably don't want to set up there. But it's on you. She actually laughed and went, well, fuck you. Right, so, okay. Brilliant, actually. She put her chair in there and she was on her laptop, whatever. But my buddy went to me after, he goes, fucking hell. I said, see, I said, see, I can't do that. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, like that honest, that direct. I said, but you, you didn't, you weren't offensive at all. You were just, like even, even saying it, you didn't raise your voice. There was nothing. I said, no, because it was my truth. It's just my truth. You can do what you want with it, really, but it's what it is. So it's healthy disrespect. It's like a, whereas over-respect, so yeah, you just sit there, no problem. Oh, yeah, no problem. But then I've just cost myself, really, because I'm now in my meeting constantly thinking about a decision I walked away from because I might have some confrontation. So it's... We have to learn how to navigate this. And, and for the young footballers, <coughs> your only battle is hanging on to who you are. 
Hardest thing in the world. Hardest thing in the world. You know, I've sat with guys on 180 grand a week who are playing well within themselves and in a lot of pain because of it. And people go, what are you talking about? There's no pain when you're on that much money. When you've got no money, some money would be like, yeah, it'd be amazing. When you get that much money, it's fucking irrelevant. What? You're just sitting in a house and your sofa is worth 60 grand and my sofa is worth $600. Like, what? It doesn't, nothing changes. You've got to go over a white line on a piece of grass, which has been the same size from the age of eight. Nothing changed. In fact, now it's all changed because you get paid a lot of money. So that means people are going to come for you and they're going to judge you and critique you. And there's three guys waiting to take your shirt. Well, like, and these guys, they don't want to play safe. Fear's got them. And they're playing sideways. <coughs> Rashford, the last two years. Jaden Sancho currently. Yeah. Yeah, I think your your example that you had with the uh with the ladies, I think that's genuinely the perfect example because, you know, you have found the complete you know, you said you're walking the line. That's you weren't disrespectful to that, but you also yeah. didn't allow yourself to compromise for her because it's you have put yourself at a worst position, right? If you were to do that in football, and you're gonna allow someone else to let's say uh, take your spot, you're okay with that. You're accepting that. No, you you actually kind of have to show that you're gonna give a bit of. I would in this case, it's you're gonna show it on the field. Yeah. So I think I think a, a football example of that. Take me as a number nine, right? So many times as as a professional player. I would be told in the, in the locker room in front of the whole group, just before you go out there, Drew, don't go giving silly free kicks away. Don't look to fight the centre-halves. Just play your game. Nothing stupid, right? I'd go and listen, and then there'd be like a little bit of doubt. Okay, well, don't, no fouls, no fouls. So you, you, you're half in, centre-half wins the ball in the air or steals it off your foot, and you, you're getting shouts. Come on, get going from the touch. Okay. And then... Ten half time, you get called in. You've not won a header. You've not. You've got ten minutes. You're getting okay. Ten minutes later, I find myself on the bench, <laughs> never realizing as a pro, pro player, never really understanding what happened. Never understanding that in that moment before the game, where he goes, the head coach, nothing stupid today. No free kicks. Not being able to be aware, going, that's his shit. He's just trying to minimise the game. And just going, okay, yeah, no, no problem, boss. And in my head going, fuck off. I'm just going to go and put me on that pitch. I'll give away free kicks, I'll get a red card. Take but if I don't go all in, now I'm all in, I'm half in in the air. Whereas if I'm all in, I'm going to win that ball. I'm going to bounce him off and get it into my feet and turn it. Well... I'm not. I'm half. Don't, don't give. Don't, no mistakes. Don't give away free. It's all fear. Now working with head coaches, I'll listen to their team talks. Sometimes, and we go through. What do you think? Like <coughs> that bit there. You're putting fear into people. No, I just said. And then you sit with the head coach and you get him to make a list of his fears. Terrified. Three games getting a sack. What happens when I, my, my number two is commuting from so-and-so? He's got a wife and kids. My staff. I'm desperate to get a, a better coach's job. We need to win. We need to be in the top six. Like So, not processed any of that. <coughs> Just gets his tactics and shape work and training's great all week. Okay. You, you, you've not fucking dealt with the emotional side. Whereas you look at Arteta, you look at Pep, you look at Klopp. Very, very emotional. Very. But this emotional side is not just sitting here going, oh, yeah, let's talk about feelings. And, yeah, we're going to talk about feelings. But you, you're then going <coughs> to, like, what's your side of the bargain? Like with my kids, if they tell me I want to be a dancer or a footballer, go back to it. Are you ready to run till you cannot breathe? Because the amount of young players I see who've got, I sat with them. Yeah, I work hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you go through their clips, you're like, no. Oh, what do you mean? Then you send them clips of Man City or you marry it up against... <laughs> They're like, oh. Just 
the way those top players press you is ridiculous. Jurgen Klopp said to a player I was working with six years ago, this is in Klopp's first year in Liverpool. This young player had just broken into the team. It was about when Alexander-Arnold was coming in. And um, he was doing really well in the under-23s. And I said, go and see the manager. Ask him what more he needs to do to get any kind of opportunity. So Klopp says to him, the best players in the world, head with pain, tackle with pain, pass with pain, shoot with pain. Everything the best players do is with pain. And I look at you and think, have you had enough pain? Now, I love that. He rings me after. He needs a training ground. I said, he's world class. So what do you mean? He said, well, he's right. Like, are, you, are you passing that ball? Like, your life depends on it. Are you, you really sprinting? Are you really demanding the ball? Or are you going, I'll have it. Like, what's the pain behind that? How much do you want it? Because if you want it that much, <clears throat> you're all in. And I think you've been allowed to go through the system because you're talented with the ball. Now you're working for one of the best coaches in history. And he's like, ah, ah, not in my team. You've got to run till you can barely breathe. Then you can do something with the ball. And Pep's the same. Diego Simeone's the same. A Real Madrid team does that. But I just feel sorry for, again, all these young players. They don't, they don't know what hard work is. And they, and they don't think it's that important. It's almost like boxing. They work hard. Yet. Next. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's chunk that down. What does that look like for you in your position every single day? What does that look like? What does that feel like? Something that we, we were talking about just before, how we were talking about, you know, kind of finding and accepting the fear, but then also having these things where you really, really have to, to, to the point just then, we really actually have to, everything is charged with, you know, the pain, the, the suffering, all these things, you know, the, the, the people say they work hard, right? Everyone works hard. Everyone, everyone can give a bit, you know, it's seen as hard work, but the things, the pain, the things that we're just saying then, how do we tie these two things together? Because sometimes they can even be counterproductive. And for someone who's, you know, listening right now, they might be hearing this thing and this thing and this thing and, well, well, well I, I totally agree. This the conversation. This stuff's not easy, <coughs> and you can't. I do a bunch of talks, and you all you all you're talking about is highlighting all these issues, the solutions. I mean, that's that's the work that I do. That's the that's whether it's my education, whether it's my one to one stuff. Where you take someone on a like, I don't ever start a one to one journey for under twelve weeks. It's, just, it's twelve weeks before we even because. And you're getting beaten up by me for 12 weeks. Like you're having to write questions every week. Fear, vulnerability, desire. Like you're going to have to, it is a, anyone who's got super fit and shrimp themselves up knows how painful that is. It's really tough. To get super fit is tough. Discipline with your nutrition. You've got to graft and lift and all this stuff. Like it's the same emotionally. Emotional fitness is tough. So, how you marry all this stuff, it's not a one conversation thing, but to highlight these issues and know, okay, <coughs> fear is an issue. Selling out on myself is an issue. Is an issue. Who am I? Why have I sold out on myself? Like these questions are introspective. And the reason I have this, which has become my mantra for living, the last week of any of my education, there's, there's there's at least three head coaches this weekend at press conferences using this um, sweat and courage from the guys. Yeah, because that's all you've got. Once you go, okay, I'm all into this. I want to be a player. I understand people are going to try and steal my authentic self. I understand that everyone's going to try and improve me. Going back to the sculptor is to reveal yourself, not to improve. I... Anybody, any coach who said they can improve you. Okay, well, technically, okay, maybe. Maybe if you're really at the start of your journey. Once you get to 18 or 19, what can really be improved? You're just looking to reveal yourself constantly. Who are you? Hiding under that mask, the fear of failing, the big mask of I'm cool. Who's under there? Reveal it. Scared little boy? 
Okay, come and sit here. Me too, I'm fucking terrified. Let's work with that fear. Get you crossing the white line with that fear as your best friend sitting next to you, talking to you. So constantly looking to reveal the truth to yourself and then step into it. And it's, it's really hard to do. Um, in no way is this any of this stuff to replace technical or physical. Of course it's not. It's ridiculous. You need those things. But what I see to go back to the message is just drilling down on technical, drilling down. And then it's like, let's talk about mental. Mental strength. And there's all quotes everywhere. All I read is quotes. Okay. <coughs> What's a quote going to do when I'm fucked? Ten minutes into the game and I'm giving the ball away every two minutes and I'm getting tapped. Remember that quote on Instagram? Yeah. How's that working out? Doing nothing for me. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's... Uh, It's a, it's a deep dive into self. It's 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 a deep dive um, into fear and what you were saying previously. Just then, with the the twelve weeks, right? This is it. When when you look at someone who's shredded, some they've gone through so much pain that you have to go yeah. through this. This isn't necessary. You don't just get something with. You don't just get given stuff because you've. It's a, a participation award, right? You actually have to go through things to learn. <laughs> Excuse me. Look at the title, Sculpted, Sculptor. What's a sculptor go through? Look at the finest piece of sculpture in the history of mankind. Some of those have taken 30 years, 20 years. Some of them have cost that sculpture his marriage, his relationships, everything. His hands are bloodied and battered, and, but he's got, he's got a vision of what that piece of rock's going to look like. And I'm chiseling and it's going to come. It's fucking brutal. And we just unfortunately live in a world of quick fixes. And I don't judge anybody. It's not. I just feel sorry for the generation now. Because I've got four kids under the age of 11. And my biggest challenge, and my wife's biggest challenge, is making them realise how fucking hard everything is. Every single day. And I've already had it now. Tears and pushback. And, you know, I don't give a shit. Keep crying. Like, I love you. But one day, you're going to go out that front door. And it's, it's on you now. Are you ready? You know, it's tough. It's suffering. It's, it's, it. It shouldn't be easy. Like if you've got a dream, and you're putting it out there, like I want to achieve this, or I want to play. The minute you put that out there to yourself, I'm not talking about shouting it, but the minute you admit to yourself, that's what I want to do. You've opened the door to all the demons in the world are coming in now. They're going to sit on your shoulder every day. Comparing with everyone, back on the phone, watch it. Fuck it. We wonder why there's mental health issues. But but to finish on this, what's happened in this mental health movement is that because it's it's so drastic, I think there's a big movement of people trying to minimise it. So it's like, oh, we don't want you feeling like that. My point is, no, that's exactly how you should feel. If you're looking to pursue a dream that the 0.1% want, that's exactly how you should feel every day. Now we're going to educate the poor kids on some tools, how to manage that, how to get through it. It's the tools that aren't available. One of the, one of the modules in my course will the end is the, the emotional toolkit. Like what tools are you going to use to manage this burning desire to be successful? With your with the toolkit, it's it's the action, right? I mean, we've said it we've said it time and time again. You know, the people can do everything, but who's taking action? Like, it's I, I know for me, for example, I had to build up my own toolkit to to build self awareness to realize, you know, my thoughts. I don't have, my thoughts don't have to dictate what I do. I can I can do whatever I want, and my thoughts are just thoughts. Just because I'm I'm thinking, oh, okay, I could turn my head to the left. Well, I'm looking at you right now, but my, my brain's telling me to do this, but I'm doing this right now. You know, this this doesn't come naturally. I have to take action on this. This is something that I had to realize over time. And this this comes, this was because of some previous thing that I had to learn. And it, it came through difficulties and struggles. And sometimes people just want to say, no, don't go through those hard times. But I think it's embrace those hard times, learn from those hard times. You know, you have to go through them to come out as a better person. I mean, I look, I look to suffer every single day now. To go, I you know, if I'm not suffering, then I know I'm 
very close to fear coming back into the room and make fear of my future, family, mortgages, desires for work, three companies. Like I can carry all that if I want, that pressure every day. But I seek suffering. I've got my ice tub, which I go sit in. I was in there this morning for 10 minutes. I write on my fear every day. I write gratitude most days, five days a week. And if I'm not doing it, good. I, I've had a recent spell with two weeks when I didn't do anything because I was super busy with family and work. Who pays the price? Me. Me. I start to be a bit more fearful, a bit more anxious. Starting to look to know what's going to happen. Scrolling. I'm, I'm in, and I watch myself go, yeah. How lazy have you been? Super lazy. Get back to it. I've got kids, they get up at 6.30, go get up at 5, which is what I do most of the time. My wife needs help in the morning with the kids. Cool, what time do you need help from, man? 6.30, get up at 5, then get up at 10 to 5. I don't have a choice. And there's some tools I look for every day, which is to write my fear. Meditation, but not doing meditation for meditation's sake. Like, why am I looking to meditate? I'm looking to meditate because... <clears throat> my head is relentless. And my head is constantly... Do, 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 do. Like meditation is a great tool to, for me to quieten this down, get into the breath, be, be silent, be still. Again, I think, I'll oh, just do meditation. Just do some ice water. That, that, the, well, it doesn't, that's not about that. Why are you doing it? What's Jürgen Klopp? What's the pain going to make you going to go and do this? Well, the pain is... If I don't keep myself in a level, spiritual and emotional condition, never going to fulfill who I am. Never going to give my kids the energy they need. Never going to give my wife the energy. Never going to achieve. So there's no, at that point, no choice. Drew, what you've said, this whole recording so far, it's been absolutely amazing. And I think that from from hearing you and hearing what you've you've gone through with, with the players you've got as well, we've got so many anecdotes of so much experience and i think that listeners today we can all we can all take away the fear and and we need to confront it because it's so many people just as you were saying before even the coaches they don't even recognize it it's it, it's something they that... don't recognize it coach it like sometimes you just think here we all are as pathetically weak and insignificant little human beings 10 billion or whatever is it on the planet hurting through space on this planet at fifteen thousand miles an hour thinking we know shit it's fucking brilliant we know shit about anything like, we are so weak and insignificant. But inside of that acceptance is a lot of power. <coughs> okay, I'm weak and insignificant. What does that leave me with? Heartbeat, some oxygen, go all in then. And then whatever you read, you, you know, it's like, let's just all get round and say we're fucking terrified about everything. I'm terrified about everything. This morning in my fear list, nuclear war, situation in uh, Ukraine, Rising prices, digital currency coming in, corrupt governments, then my companies, then family fear. There was like 10, 12 things on that list. Sitting in all of that, feeling it all. Slowly letting it go with the, with the tools. Finish with a run, body weight, press-ups, get in the ice. Let's go. 6.30 a.m. I've dealt with it. I've dealt with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. I think it's it's amazing to hear that you've got you the tools, right? You've dealt yeah. with it. It's it's the action execution. People don't do this stuff, and and this takes me to uh, the final wrap up question for today's episode. So the three ways that you sculpt yourself, and now I think you've already kind of said all of the three. Um, but if you can wrap that up for us and go into, we don't have to go into too much detail because I'm aware of the time. Um, but the main okay, it just it's just come to me. I was just thinking there and letting it, letting it hit me. <coughs> um, I had it with a golfer recently. He's playing on the DB Tour. He lives in Dubai. Off-season was in January, so we were speaking in December. He said, Jerry, so I know you don't, you, you weren't a professional golfer, but how would you manage an off-season for a professional golfer? Like you had off-season as a footballer. I said, well, I'll tell you what not to do. He said, what's that? I said, work like an absolute lunatic that everyone will tell you that you should do in your off-season. So he starts laughing. I said, look, look how well you finished the season. Look at your last four months. Look at your average score of 68.9. Like, you're doing well. You're doing really, really well. 
You've got six weeks off now. Chill the fuck out. You've got three things that make you up as a human being. The brain, the mind, the body, and the spirit, emotion, feelings. So work on all three every day. Don't go and lock yourself in an oxen chain of six hours and then run the Nevada desert for 16 hours. Forget all that extreme shit. Get up. Do some emotional, spiritual work for an hour. That's Kobe. That's Ronaldo. That's men. That's the big boys. They do that. Train. You need to be fit. Train. Do something. Run. Lift weights. Do something. And then technically, you need to hit balls. <coughs> You're a golfer. Keep your tools sharp. How old are you? 26. When did you hit your first golf ball? Six. 20 years of hitting golf balls. You know at the highest level? I think you know how to hit a golf ball. I think you're good. Right? Like, nothing to find here. The extra 2% swing speed. No, no, no. No. Free yourself up. Get level. Be in a great place. Look at your average score the last four months. Tell me the swing speed training you did. <laughs> Fuck it. I stopped doing everything. I started having a little cigarette and... Good, why not? If you like smoking, smoke. I mean, I don't like smoking, but if you want to smoke, I don't care. Do what you want, but So I just think sculpting, like, just human beings, mind, body, soul, do something for all three. The mind is not too much of a problem. My mind's working all day, solutions and problems. That's going to be tested. If you're at school, college, your mind will be tested. Football will be tested technically and you're thinking all the time. Physically, you're getting your work spiritually what are you doing emotionally and so and i don't mean religion i'm not talking about religion i'm talking about spirituality our spirit it's all right for you to go everyone to go oh yeah leicester city had a great team spirit yeah let's talk about that yeah i don't want to talk about you just you, know, you just use the word team spirit yeah but i just meant they they, they ran for each other well, why did you use the word spirit then i had this argument well well uh because that's what you say so what does it mean it means a deep sense a deep feeling emotionally that guy's going to run for you and the manager's brought all that together this collection of humans and it's fucking deep so yeah i'll finish on that mind body spirit just 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 do some shit on that every day yeah i think it's brilliant it's it's simple right you can control every one of these aspects and i think Drew, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I love the way that you can challenge everything, right? You've got so much information. You've got so many anecdotes, the experience you have, the wisdom you have. Uh, it's honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today. And uh, I hope that everyone at home listening can take away so many things from today. I'll, I'll write up a few um, summaries on Instagram for everyone. And we'll have some we'll have some short clips for everyone to, to really, you know, get everything out of this episode today because... Genuinely, it's it's been great to have you, Drew, and, and I really Thanks. appreciate your time. Thanks for your time, buddy. Good talking. Thank you so much. Take care, mate.